Welcome back to the Blues Hockey Podcast, host Jason, along with Chris. Yo. And also in our special guest, our friend Bon is with us once again. Oh, what's up, dudes? So we had a kind of a, overall for the Blues, a downer week <laughs> in the many, many aspects. <laughs> I, don't, I think you could take the overall out and just yeah. say downer week for the Blues. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't think there was any redeeming news this week. There was a uh, little to none. So, uh uh, we, which we'll talk about. Uh, we'll kind of go into obviously Bobby Plager passing away this week. Never heard uh, of him. Due to um, which I think finally they said a cardiac event is what. Yeah, happened. I heard that. What late Friday or early Saturday? Yeah. yeah. So, so I think cardi- anyone who saw that accident scene figured it out pretty quick. <clears throat> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, you can kind of tell. So. Uh, passed away at 78 this week. Uh, the Blues, uh, not playing great on top of that and not scoring goals. So that's uh, two things that's not going to help you win games. And uh, we'll talk about an interesting rumor that popped up uh, late uh, Saturday night on uh, Twitter. So we'll talk about all that today on the show. So first, let's get into all the Bobby Plager stuff. So Start earlier this awful. yeah, so earlier this week um, – I was uh, at work, just like many others, and all of a sudden, you, I saw something on the news about, oh, there's an accident on 64 with a fatality, and you're like, oh, okay, like, that's uh, that's awful, like, and it says more, you know, stuff will be released out on time, it was the 24th, which was, was that Wednesday? Yes. Yeah, so, and stuff came out then all of a sudden i saw randomly at my uh i saw on facebook that somebody posted that the uh accident death was bobby plager and i'm like hmm i don't want to believe that <laughs> so yeah. as it came out slowly and uh it seemed like more and more people the blues canceled the thing they were doing that day was uh they decided to keep uh the uh, dog barkley as a member of the basically blues and the enterprise family He'll be kind of an ambassador type thing, which is a very cool thing. Maybe that's the only redeeming thing that happened this week for the Blues. And uh, and they canceled that. So I was like, uh-oh. And then it came out that he did pass. That Bob Plager, Mr. Blue, when the original Blue, passed away at age 78. So uh, before we get into kind of like what we each, uh, maybe some Bobby Plager memories from each of us, I'll just kind of do a quick synopsis of everything he did with the Blues, which is a lot. So pretty he originally own it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. He pretty much had every job you can imagine you can have as a blue from player, obviously brought over in the expansion draft from uh, the New York Rangers. He was technically traded along with uh, Gary uh, Sabarin, Tim Ecclestone and Gord Kangesser for Rod Sealing. So basically the blues getting players to have their, team formed and they wound up uh going to the Stanley Cup as well known the first three years of their existence uh due to how things were set up and the Blues uh, as we know did not win the cup any of those times didn't win a game technically in any of those finals but he was known for a hard hit his uh what was his signature thing that he did on the ice the hip check yeah hip check he was very uh, well known as a hip check did you guys see the video this week of <laughs> him throwing a hip check to, Strickland? to, to uh, yeah, I want to be, they said media guy in the description, but it wound up being Andy Strickland yeah. <laughs> during an awesome. uh, alumni media game. And mind you, a 2006. So the guy was in, it's like 62 and threw that hip check to like leveled it was Andy awesome. Strickland. It was so, funny. <laughs> it was awesome. So obviously, I was trying to remember 
uh, I was trying to remember over the weekend, did he play in the alumni game with the Winter Classic or was he coaching? No, he coached. He coached. That's what I thought. Yeah. He was one of the coaches uh, on that on the uh, opposing benches. So he retired on 78 after almost nearly a 16-year career, had 20 goals uh, as a player. So not much of a goal scorer, but a very good defensive defenseman who was well-known for his toughness on the ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that was known early on that he would play, got to play with his brothers on the Blues. He got to play with Bill and Barkley, where all three took the ice to the Blues, their, the Blues' very first game. So that was kind of a cool thing that he got to play with his three brothers during his uh, career. That's awesome. Yeah. So the, went 615 games over 11 years on the St. Louis Blue Line total. So he retired in 70, as we said, went to the front office, worked in the scouting department. And a lot of people credit him with working on the advanced scouting that eventually the Blues developed, you know, going around to different uh, leagues and tracking different things. That was very much according to what people say, his ideas. And the Blues needed him, his help. In the 90-91 season, took over as head coach at the Peoria Rivermen. If you can remember the, when the Blues actually had that farm team, since they've had mm-hmm. about several since then. <laughs> uh, like seven that, last year. Yeah, in that one season. That season also had uh, players on that team as Nelson Emerson, Kelly Chase, just to name a few of people who come up to the Blues eventually and actually won the Turner Cup, which is the championship. And he actually won the Coach of the Year trophy as well. But – he did actually have a small stint as a Blues uh, coach. He lasted a, a whopping 11 games. He was 4-6-1, four, <laughs> six, four, six and one, and it wasn't because of that. He just said he just – it was t- it was wreaking havoc on his personal life. So basically, yeah. as you as we kind of saw in the videos when he would walk the hallways during the uh, Stanley Cup finals, he just is very just – like a lot of us fans, just like he gets so nervous about the games and so worked up. Like I think as a coach, I think it was hard for him to kind of take it. And he just decided to resign after 11 games and went back to his job as vice president of player development. Um, and pretty much came an ambassador after that. He was just a guy that was at every game. Um, and just I saw him in the hallways. He was at a lot of blues events, charity stuff. He was very big on the charity. Uh, the blues finally retired his number in February on February 2nd, 2017. Uh, we'll talk about that. So basically a player coach executive for nearly 50 years with the blues. Yeah. Unreal. I mean, really, if you think about it, this past Thursday was the first day in Blues history that Barkley play or that that Bobby Plager has not been involved with the team. Yep. Yeah. And that's 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 incredible. crazy. Yeah, I mean that's incredible. I mean, you you look at players that have gone on to have roles in their teams, and you know, you look at Steve Eiserman, but even Steve Eiserman left the Red Wings and went to Tampa for a bit before coming yep. back. Yep. Um, to have a 50 plus year career uninterrupted with the franchise speaks not only to how much the franchise thought of him, but how much he truly did love the St. Louis blues. Yep. Um, you know, I, I was listening I think it was after Friday's game. Uh, Chris Kerber was telling the story about how uh, Kelly chase was obviously very close with, with, Bobby played mm-hmm. because of his time in Peoria and everything else. And he said that <clears throat> Kelly Chase is one of the main reasons um, why Bobby was able to maintain that role with the team through all the different ownership changes and things like that. Because obviously as an owner, you come in 
And if you're looking just at the bottom line, you probably think, why are we paying this guy yeah. to do whatever it is he's doing? And at one point, and uh, and Curb said, if you ever ask Chase about this, he'll deny it and not talk about it. But Kelly Chase offered to give up his paycheck to keep Bobby Plager on the payroll. That's and, awesome. you know, I think that there's a culture in this city amongst the alumni. And I think it's a main reason why you see players after their career stay or come back to St. Louis. Um, there's such a strong connection amongst the alumni with this, with this organization. And I think that started with Bobby Plager and the fact that he understood how important it was for not just the current players, but everybody else from the owner down to connect with the fans and build a community of hockey uh, amongst the fan base and everything else. Yeah. Well said. And so, yeah, so it was a, it was a yeah, really sad thing. And I guess we'll kind of talk around, I was going to go around and see if anybody had kind of any personal interaction story with him. So I'm sure almost everybody has kind of a Bobby Plager story. It seems like. I think if you're a hockey fan, you have a Bobby Plager story. Yeah, especially, yeah, especially in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty much mandatory. You probably have a Bobby Plager story and a picture with him. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, you know, like I said, at every game, and he was one of those guys that wouldn't hesitate for you to get a picture or sit down and talk. The man carried a Sharpie in his pocket. Yeah. Well, if you, uh, so I went a deep dive on Bobby videos, obviously, after hearing his passing, and I sat there and, you know, bummed out about it. Right. Uh, but his acceptance speech, uh, I don't remember the name. Is it the Jack Buck Award at the yeah. MAC? Yes. yes. Uh, his speech is amazing. It's mm-hmm. perfect. But he goes through and tells the story when he was younger, first came into town. They went over to, was it Stan Musial's restaurant? Stan had a restaurant? I think, I think he, he did. Yeah. He did it back in the day, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And he said that uh, Stan came up to him and was like, who are you guys? Like, oh, we're you know the new hockey team. And he sat there and told him uh, – that he carried around pictures in his pocket and he'd sign autographs from anybody there. So he said from that day forward, Bobby Plager said he was going to do that. He's I'm going to sign autographs for everybody one day and said he carried around a Sharpie with him ever since. You know, I, when he, when he passed, I I put out a thing on Twitter and, and I even said that I think, you know, you can't compare the accolades because Stan Musial is Mm -mm. probably one of the top 100 baseball players of all time. I would probably rank him higher. Yeah, in this city, Bobby Plager is to the St. Louis Blues what Stan Musial was to the St. Louis Cardinals. I verbatim said this yesterday. So approachable, mm-hmm. and there was for every reason he had to not want to interact with the public, he understood what his celebrity meant to the fan base and made himself available. Yeah, and. You don't see that much with, with today's athletes. There are exceptions, but you know, I, I think when you look at that generation, there was an appreciation and an admiration that went both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough to, two nights before they retired his jersey, there was an invitation only like, almost like roast of Bobby Plager down at um, a bar right by um, – it was at Patio's, actually. 
Oh, nice. And uh, so my friend was invited and he brought me as his plus one. And it was basically all of his friends. Like Picard was there, all the old blues. It was emceed by Chris Kerber. And they told so many great stories about Bobby. But what I think was coolest was there was maybe, I would say three, 400 of us there. And they started the night by Kerber saying, guys, when this is done, you don't need to ask Bobby for an autograph. On your way out, each of you are getting, you know, the posters they gave away at the game two days later. Bobby had spent the entire day and signed 300 of those posters for everybody in attendance that night. That's And awesome. we all walked out with the signed poster. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it's not, not surprising he did that. Uh, like I said, I think the story, like I've, I've told a couple times on this podcast, but I'll say it again. Um, so I got the, uh, I guess, privilege of getting to work with the Blues as an intern, a group of sales intern, the day, the year after the lock, the latest lockouts. So obviously the Blues were 2004, 2005, 2006. So yeah, the year they were awful. <laughs> so the year that they basically <laughs> finished last in the league. So I have, I got to watch every game, which good or bad, but it's kind of cool. I got to watch 41 games. You know, no matter what, I got to sit pretty much wherever I wanted near the end, obviously. So one of the things we had to do was prepare some little cards, and then we bring on the groups and try to shill season tickets. Real, you know, <laughs> cheap job, just but just something that's cool. Got me in the building. I got to go on the lower level where all the offices are at, and I got to see guys like Larry Plo at the time, uh, Mark Sauer, who's dick, but but he was, <laughs> but he was cool to me. He's cool to you. Not, to me, he was just like, yeah, screw the, the, you guys are interns, whatever. But every game, no matter what game it was, if it was a you know a Monday night game against the Islanders or a Saturday night game against the Red Wings, you know where it's going to be packed. Bobby walked into our thing, shook each of there's three of us, shook our hands, and asked how things are going. He said, "What groups do you guys got?" And we show him like the sheet and where they're at. And he's like, "All right, well I'll be in the suite level, so I'll uh, I'll stop into this one and this one. So if I see you guys up there, I'll uh I'll I'll say hi and then." But the thing is, no matter the game, he came in and say, said, hi, how are you guys doing? And then and every once in a while, I'd be like, oh, how's it. school going? And like, we'll make it like personal stuff. He didn't have to do any of that. He could have just said whatever. And then a couple of times we did see him up there. He was just like, oh, you guys finishing up? Or like, oh, no, we got a couple more. And he's like, oh, come back and have a beer. And all of us were like, uh, sir, we're not 21 yet. He's like, ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> you know, he was just like, oh, you know, it'll be fine. Just go on, guys. If not, I'll see you down below because they had closed circuit television. So we go downstairs. Right. We could watch the game down there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it was just like a guy who was like, obviously, we were just interns. It didn't have to kind of do that stuff, but he did. And just treat you like with. Like you're like a coworker. It wasn't like I was just an intern compared to everybody else, but he was just the nicest guy and just, a, you know, a joy to be around. Basically, he was like everybody's That's grandpa. Awesome. Yeah, I said always the old. Always had a joke. Always had a story. Yeah, um, I said the old, uh, the old uncle. I, uh, yeah. I, I was very lucky, uh, and I was around the blues quite a bit. Obviously, with bleed blue being used, and we knew a bunch of people at the the, the team and everything like that. I met Bobby probably four times, <clears throat> and I remember every single one of them. But the, uh, I've got two good Bobby jokes and I don't want to butcher them. So I'll do my best to honor the dirty old man jokes that I got from him. It was the first time we met, I met, I met him. I went to, um, 
I was at the game. They brought us down to the sub-zero bar uh, for the third period, and, and it wasn't finished yet, so there's no one really in there other than two bartenders and a few of the people that I saw, Bobby Plager over across the way, and our liaison was like, uh, shout-out Stephanie. Uh, she was standing there, and I was like, hey, I don't want to be obnoxious, but that's Bobby Plager. I'm a diehard fan. I just want to meet him. I want to shake his hand or like if he'll let me get a picture. And she's like, oh, I know him. Don't worry about it. She goes, Bobby, you're not going to believe this. I was like, this is my friend, John. He plays guitar and he wants to get a picture with you. And he goes, John, he's like, well, heck yeah, we can get a picture together. I said, this is awesome. And he goes, you know, I play guitar too. I can only play one string though, a G string. And the picture was taken. So the picture (laughs) I posted it on my socials, I think, or Twitter or something. I don't remember which one it was, but the picture's taken like as he finishes the joke, he's laughing and I'm making the like, oh my God, this is hilarious face. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, the, I, I, again, they I went down to the Sub-Zero bar for another game probably, I don't know, a month, two months later, something like that. It might even been the, the next season. I'm not really sure, but I remember we were coming up from the sub-levels and going, um, going back upstairs to street level to go in my car and uh, Bobby was getting ready in the elevator with us and uh, the same uh, Stephanie was with us. that was escorting us up and everything. And uh, they're like, uh, he goes, uh, we're waiting for the elevator and he had his family. I think he had his grandkids or somebody with him. And I, I don't think he wanted to go up or something like that. He goes, he's like, Oh, you know, we're heading up. And he goes, Oh, heading up. I prefer to go down and walks <laughs> off. I just, I just, I just turned and I just go, Bobby Plager is a god. Like, yeah. it's amazing. And uh, God, and then my other two. I'm, am I am I long winded here? No, Sorry. no, go, go for it. it. No, go for okay. It. Uh, the triple overtime playoff game against the Blackhawks, where Steen scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I was given tickets and I was in the employee slash alumni box, so they don't have a cutoff on booze. So I had six periods of drinking and it was great but um right behind me was the little banister i was sitting in the seats and uh there's like a little you know table top and everything like that bobby was sitting behind me the entire game and i was just like every once in a while kind of peek over my shoulder like oh my god bobby plager and his grandkids are sitting up there i was like i'm not gonna say anything to him but whenever he scored i turned around and i went to go high five and i go mr plager great game and he just goes give you the old fist and i was like i'm running away i don't i don't want to bother him (laughs) Uh, God, I, I feel like I've run into him so many times. It's great. Uh, when the blue, I got two more. I just remembered another one. Go for it. I, uh, see, when the Blues won the cup, they're obviously parading it around everywhere that summer. And uh, I was out for a friend's birthday at Filoni's on Manchester and just having birthday dinner on like a Wednesday night or something like that and sitting there. And I kind of, like our waitress seems like she's running around quite a bit. And there's a lot of people just kind of like a little bit of a buzz going on in the uh, bar and the restaurant. And I kind of looking around and the waitress just says, I was like, kind of like, Hey, you know, I'm going to need my tab. I get out. And she just goes, I'm really sorry for what's about to happen. And I just kind of was baffled by that. And I saw a couple of people walk in and I just go, I think the Stanley cup's coming here. And then all of a sudden I kind of start realizing there's a bunch of people wearing blue stuff kind of all and our tables right by the door. And sure enough, Bernie Federico, Bobby Plager, Brett Hall walk in with the Stanley Cup, just throw it up. People start yelling. 
And I was like, what is happening right now? They set it at the bar, which is six feet away from our table. So people are like bumping into our table, freaking out and all this stuff. And I just kind of look over and Uncle Holly just goes and goes, you know what? Everybody follow me. Grabs the cup, walks through the restaurant like the Pied Piper. The whole crowd follows him. And I look over and I just see Bobby Plager and Bernie Federker standing over by the uh, door, having a beer, just smiling at it, just going, just loving every second of it. I was just like, oh, man, this is great. So one of those things I was just like, I'm not going to say anything to him. I walked past him and waved at him. Uh, and then my final story of running into him, I, uh, I work part-time for Hubbard Radio, which is like ESPN and The Point and all those things. And when we did, I'm they were doing yeah i know i don't know you heard of them uh they were doing the the rally parades whenever mm -hmm. they were in the bubble and uh every game they had a different like radio personality from whatever at hubbard so i would go down and drive the station vehicle and follow around but bobby was on the the the, the last one that i did uh he was on it and beforehand you know all the cops everybody are coming up shaking hands with them taking pictures so i have to take pictures to the station and i was like hey mr plager can i get a picture for the radio station and he's like sure uh standing next to the big zamboni and there's murals of all former players and stuff on there and uh and he goes you don't want to get a picture i go oh i'm getting a picture after i do my job part and so i was like but i want to get on my phone so I was, he's like yeah and then so uh obviously covid times we're wearing masks and stuff like that and he goes he goes, I'll tell you what, bud. He goes, why don't you scoot a little bit further apart, pull that mask down, and then you won't be covering me up. And there was a picture of Bobby on the side where we were standing. And so I have this picture of me and him just kind of pointing at himself. Like he, was, like, he, goes, he goes, look how good I look on that Zamboni. It was, <laughs> that was amazing. But to me, from every story I've heard on every interview and everything I've been, you know, all the people calling in the radio stations and telling stories online and stuff, that was him. Like, yeah, that was not fake. Like, you can't fake that awesomeness for that many years. Because, yeah, I figure I met him for the first time in probably 2013. That's seven years I ran into him that he was awesome every freaking time. And every person in St. Louis that's a blues fan all has the same kind of story. And that yeah. rules. I, uh, the only time I ever got a chance to actually talk to him was uh, before game four of the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> I was in an elevator there. and he got in and it's myself and, uh, and uh, I go, Mr. Plager, we're going to win tonight. Or we're going to win this afternoon. Right. And he just me, he goes, well, that's sure the game plan isn't it, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, he, he sunned you. <laughs> yep. Uh, and just, just a good dude. And like, and to your story about being at uh, Filoni's like as much as the players loved winning that Stanley cup, were there any three people who who enjoyed that summer with the cup more than than Plager, Hall, and Federico? I think Brett Hall enjoyed I, it. I, those three us. guys, like yeah. I think they I enjoyed it. it even more than the current players. I, I would say they enjoyed it as much. Like you know, you they they were smiling. I mean, like there's videos of all of them. Even even Brett Hall, who's won a Stanley Cup twice. Yeah. He. He won the Stanley Cup twice, and he was crying when the Blues made it to the final. Yeah, he I love legitimately it. won a Stanley Cup. Like his goal, yes. won a Stanley yeah. Cup. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, yeah. Apologies to my Buffalo fans. I know that you're going to contest that. Hey, no goal. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> rule is a rule. 
it's true. What I like best about that story was you said that Federico and Plager were just watching them. They just it's sat almost there. like Brett is their kid. And like they just watched them like, oh, there he goes. We're so yeah, proud of Brett. In that, uh, I was referencing that uh, MAC speech that he gave, that Bobby gave earlier. It's hysterical. He's just killing the crowd the whole time. But he said, yeah. he's like, you know, after we won the cup and I was honored to be on the plane and all that stuff, they gave me one more job. That was to take care of Hully. Oh. <laughs> and, and then like you know the whole crowd dies laughing like you got to watch that video I, I saw it on the blues website it is um it's like 20 minutes long john kelly gives a, a wonderful beginning yeah. like an opening speech and then bobby takes over and just like you're like oh my god it's richard pryor because he's just yes. killing it yeah. murdering i want to know what age it is that you can start <laughs> saying off-color jokes in an elevator like i prefer to go down yeah and not have to worry about saying that like I, I, I want to get to that age where really. people just be like, ah, eh, he's just an old man. Is it age or is it stature at this point? Because you're like, oh, that's just that's oh, Bobby Boyer. It's probably a mix this of both one, on that you one. Just go like this, you go, Uncle Bobby. Yeah, that's yeah, just, our, that's just Uncle Bobby. Yeah, yep. that was. I will say this. Uh, I've never had like a a celebrity or musician or anybody like that pass away that like really bummed me out. Like, I would yeah. say Chester from Lincoln Park, I was like, God, that sucks. Like, that one bummed me out. And Chris Chris Cornell, the same. Like, that bummed me out. I'm like, oh, that sucks. But Bobby Plager made me, like, I like made me cry. I feel yeah, so bad hurts. for their family, for all the fans. Like, all those, you know what I mean? Awful. Like, yeah, I, I watched the uh, Jersey ceremony that night and just kind of watched uh, his speech. Yep. And that was great. And then just, like, the part where even before, when it happened, when they brought his, his real brother's number down along uh, with his, I was at work and I'm like, had to shut it off and go to the bathroom and be like, all right, compose yourself. Yep. Get back to it's like everybody's been wondering why I'm like bawling my eyes out of my desk. But it's like, yeah. all right, get back to back to normal. And then yeah, so that watch I watched that and then the video where they surprised him that he's gonna get his yeah. number retired. Like that one I With found Jackman. that. Yep, yeah, I watched yeah, that one yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and he always talked to really, I mean, and Chris, Chris knows, like, I know, like, I'm a big Barrett Jackman fan. And obviously, Bob Plager was too, because Plager said, like, when yeah. he saw him play, because he was, you know, still part of kind of like in the scouting on top of that, he's like, that's a guy who reminds me of playing. And I, and it, like, I, he could have my number. Because that was, it, it was a, not a retired number after a certain point. You know, Garth Butcher had it for a while there. And yeah, I, I'd have to look through it all the number fives, but it was Maybe not used Crab for truck. Crabchuck had it for a while there too, but yeah. then they just after I think a while it was kind of one of those numbers that, you know, they kind of didn't really give out to a certain like anybody, right. and then he like made sure it told Barry Jackman like you could have my number, and Jackman wore was the last player to ever wear it. So oh, and so I love it. I watched that same video. Yeah, so it's really good. <laughs> so, and him watching him during the playoff whenever they won the, uh, the Western Conference, and you see like him and Chaser interacting. Yeah. And just talks about how many, he's like, I know I'm hard on him, but I just, I just care so much. And then he's like, now I'm going to go cry. Yeah. And then they just hug. I go, how can you not love hockey, first of all? And how can right. you not just love Bobby play? Everybody does. I don't know. Yeah. We're all if three someone, of us at the Jersey retirement night. I was not. I watched I on TV. Oh. No. I, I took my dad. And that year, my seats were directly below where the uh, banners were. So that um, yeah. happened. You were by behind the net. When, when they started to bring Barclays down, and like we oh. all realized what was happening, holy crap! Yeah, like if you didn't start crying, you have no soul. I agree. Yeah. 
that was a uh, yeah that, that night was uh, like amazing and i think uh, for him and his family and i'll say that's like during the broadcast that all the stuff the blues did that video that chase uh, uh narrated was really good chase, it was great that was um, wonderful they did that and you can see somebody who was like really fighting it for the last two games was darren pang like every time Panger, they brought it up yeah. pang is there's a couple of times where he was his voice was cracking and he had to stop and then john kelly had to take over and did a very good job of kind of yeah, and, I don't you know, know how he kept it together. Yeah, he kept it together too. <laughs> how all he, those guys do. Yeah, so they were they, able to uh, keep it together. So I was being very professional on it. Probably nothing against Banger or nothing. To like, no, but, no. But, I would yeah. never have made it. I'd have been like, I'm calling in. I'm sick. Yeah. I can't so, come but in. obviously, and Pang did a couple of interviews with uh, NHL Network too. And if you got to listen to those, check those out as well. So I thought said, that Gretzky's words were really, really nice. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's not a much better person that you could get to say kind words about you than Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. And for, for someone of the stature of Wayne Gretzky to basically say, Bobby Plager taught us all, me included, what it meant to be a St. Louis blue. Ugh, I love yeah. it. That carries weight. Yeah. No matter who you talk to in NHL, like that's, that's the greatest player that's ever played the game saying that about a player who had, like we, I talked about 20 goals. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like for Wayne Gretzky's height, that might have been like two and a half weeks for him. Yeah, playing hockey. Yeah. You know, you know. But um, so yeah, so Bobby Plager unfortunately passed away at age seventy-eight. Um, so if there's anything else that kind of comes out, the Blues are going to do. They did wear the uh, they did wear the uh, Winter Classic. Everybody had the Plager number fives with warm jerseys, and I know they are. They signed them and they're auctioning those off. So go check those out. I know they're probably going to have be, those patches the rest of the season. I've already put in phone calls immediately. I, oh, first of all, on the jerseys, yes, they said they were wearing them the rest of the season on the jerseys. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, hey, I need one. I, I need at least one, if not yeah, two. Hopefully they can, yeah. It's yeah basically, need, it's a, a, a heart, blue heart with number five in it. So, the uh, Blues have it on their left uh, left side, so on their jersey. So Yeah, looking, well, yeah. it would be on the right side. Right side, I'm looking, yeah, the right, my left, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, but, and um, on the helmets, too. Yeah, they have it on the helmet too. So it's a, uh, yeah. yeah. So really, uh, sad thing. A lot of great things said by him. So I'm sure there's plenty of different things you can look up. And there wasn't a single player around the league that a single alumni that you heard had something. Everybody had a great things to say about him. So that's just kind of man he was. So it's gonna be a great loss for not only the Blues, but I think a loss for the city of St. Louis. That guy also like loved the city of St. Louis. Yes, he did. Oh, so, yeah. That's another thing too. Like he was all about the city of St. Louis and we talked about a little bit all the charity stuff he would do. Anytime the Blues had some kind of charity event, yeah, they didn't even announce it after a while because you knew Bobby was going to be there. I mean, that's what he was on his way to the uh, Enterprise yeah. Center to do a charity yeah. thing with Barkley the dog. Yeah, so he's going to do the graduation thing because that, oh. that was that was the that was what the rumor was. He's heading down there for that. So yeah, so yeah, so that's everything was really sad about that. So most transition, if we can, the best transition we can do. Go ahead, Gross. Two things on Bobby before we we transition out. First of all, um, they've talked a lot about how for the last. However many years, the first time they did it was the very first icebreaker event with Paul Stasny. Started a tradition where Bobby Plager handed every new player his first Blues jersey. Yep. Um, obviously, the last one being Tory Krug when he got to the locker room. Bobby Plager was standing there and gave him his first Blues jersey. And that they're talking about who, who takes that responsibility now. 
And obviously the two names that have come to the forefront are Bernie Federko and Brett Hall. Yeah. Um, I think, per, I mean, there's no wrong choice between those two. No. Um, but personally, I think you have to go with seniority in something like this. And I think that falls, in my opinion, should fall to Bernie Federko. Um, I would like to get your opinion on that, and then I'll do my other Bobby thing. Is Holly living here? Because um, I thought there no, was a rumor that he moved away. He live here. Well, I guess if they're asking a flyman to do that or whatever, yeah. I guess if we need to sign somebody, it's true. But um, I think, yeah, Federico just seems like the guy to kind of do that. He's the guy that's yeah. all-time points leader, uh, you know, has obviously worked with the Blues and same two degree, same thing. He's worked with the Blues and kind of different factors as an analyst right now and is in town. So I think Federico would be definitely the my choice as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. Bernie kind of is Chase wouldn't be a bad one either, honestly. You wouldn't Chase would be a great one. Talk yeah. about someone who not that Bernie doesn't have those yeah. uh same attributes, but man, Chaser has that I mean that dude bleeds blue. Like yeah. that dude you know, he's cut from the same cloth as Bobby. The same Agreed. as I would yeah. I would uh Jax as well eventually, sure. but Chaser is more uh, you know, where's the emotions on the sleeve kind of guy? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh man, I'm gonna, cha- I'm just gonna, hey, I'm gonna go with Chase. All right, I mean, I that's yeah. not a bad choice either. I think no. he's like you said, very much of the same ilk as, as Bobby Plager. Yep. Um, I've, I've seen Chaser at uh Pops more than I have Bernie, so <laughs> <laughs> and Holly. Yeah, I was gonna say, if you see one, you're probably seeing both. Yeah, you're seeing um, them both every time, the dynamic duo. The other was a lot of people, and I think, Bonnie, you, you talked about this on Twitter as well, have talked about that there should be a Bobby statue put out front of Enterprise Center. And I don't disagree with that sentiment at all. A lot of people think, oh, you should be throwing a hip check, things like that. My, my thought was, and I responded on Bond's text or on Bond's post with this was, as good of a player as Bobby was, I think he he meant more to the team in his ambassador role. And if I would put a statue of Bobby Plager in front of Enterprise Center, I would do it in much the same way that the Buffalo Bills did when, when their owner died. Yeah. Um, there is a statue outside of uh, Bill Stadium where – the old owner is it's a bronze statue like all the others, but it's at street level. It's not on a pedestal. You could walk up to it and they have him cast with his hand out to shake your hand. Yep. Uh, Cause he would always do that. And I think that that's the type of statue that Bobby would want. He was so in tune with the fan base and everything was fan centric that you know, I think much like the Ralph Wilson statue in Buffalo, that's what the Blues should do for Bobby, be it outside the arena or inside the arena. Yeah, I think it's important for every generation of Blues fans to come, be it, you know, Jason, kids Macy's age or Macy's kids or Macy's grandkids, when they go to see the Blues play, whether it be an Enterprise Center or wherever this team plays in 40, 50, 60 years, Everyone should have the opportunity to meet and yeah. shake hands and take a picture with Bobby Plager. 
I did not know that statue existed because, you know, obviously I'm not, you know me, I'm not sure. a big football guy, but when you posted on that, I was like, oh my God, it's perfect. It's, yeah. it's everything. You're a hundred percent correct. Like, especially with you elaborating even more your point, I'm even more on your side on that vote because that's exactly what it was to think like, I would love for there to be the saying, meet me at the Bobby statue, the same as yeah. meet me at the Stan Musial statue, meet me at the Bobby statue and we'll grab a beer. That would be yep. the, like, what better honor? Uh, I will say this. Let me, I'll backtrack. I'll know the better honor. I want, I want so bad. I even sent messages to my friends that work at the blues and I go, well, you guys, you guys have to do a, a parade for the statue. Like yeah. parade the stat. Like, you know, what I, mean? I don't know how that works. Obviously that's heavy as hell. I don't know, but can you imagine even parading Bobby like from the arch down market the opposite way of the cup parade? Sure. And, and like, I love his statue, like being inside. That would be so dope. Yeah. That yeah. would be a good idea, especially, yeah, considered outside ones are just guys that were in, I guess, quote, what playing. And then him on the inside would be kind of cool near. It's, it's a win win. Yeah. If he's outside, he has to be on the corner. So he's the first person to greet you. If it's inside, he needs to be right inside the front rotunda. Mm-hmm. Yep. That'd be a good idea. That'd be awesome. All we have are good ideas, guys. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So come on. That's why that's why we're in charge. Yeah, it would be nice if they do that. <laughs> so we'll see what uh kind of comes out the next couple weeks. But uh, yeah, I think there's gonna be some way the blues are gonna honor him. So uh we'll stay tuned. And I'm sure obviously it's very early on. I'm sure they'll probably talk to the Plager family and figure out something uh yeah. something to do. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's what I would say too. Uh, everybody's like, oh make the statue now i'm like pump the brakes let the let the family mourn yeah yeah yeah. so uh so we'll talk about the team real quick this week so uh the blues have scored a whopping uh, two goals this week Um, both of them yeah so (laughs) fun fact two more goals than they have victories yeah so uh start off early and i thought the vegas game we're not gonna go in step by step on all these because we're gonna get to a lot of stuff so the Vegas game, I thought they were hanging with them really well through two periods, tied one to one. Vince Dunn had a, a goal in the Blues. I thought played pretty decent those two, and yeah. then a fluke goal kind of hit off Mark Stone's skate and in, and Dang. it's just a floodgate after that. And the Blues just couldn't stop it and lose five to one to Vegas on a Monday. After just getting two victories against the Sharks, thought they might getting back on track here, and then it seems like not happening. And believe it or not we actually get to play the Minnesota wild this year. So after, after COVID delays and scheduling delays, um, they finally get to play one game against Minnesota. So they travel to Minnesota, finish up this road trip and the blues finally get a player back and Robert Thomas. So you're like, all right, you're getting Robert Thomas back. Uh, Bozak is getting close to possibly coming back. So you're getting healthy, which is good. So the question is, will it be able to kind of gel and get together? And this is a game that remind me, uh, of the early 2013 years, the early Hitchcock years where the blues would just be have control of the puck, but maybe not have like a ton of dangerous chances, but they would like, look like they're dominating the game and somehow lose the game. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So the blues get shut out against Minnesota wild two to nothing. Um, they blues lost also with only giving up 11 shots on goal. Uh, first goal, Marcus Johansson's in the second period was kind of a broken play where Jake Wallman didn't really cover the guy he was supposed to and nope. left uh, with Johansson open for a pass and Eddington didn't have a chance. 
Second one is the newest, uh, I guess, a Russian uh, sensation, Kirill Kaprizov, uh, comes in on the wing and has a quick little move and roofs it on Jordan Bennington. Hell of a shot for his 11th of the year. I, I think Bennington might have wanted that one back, but I think it's still also a really good shot. So kind of a – but the Blues, 38 shots, 37 shots. I mean <clears> – <throat> But can you think of a – I'll go to you guys. Do you guys remember, like, an instance where the Blues had a real threatening chance, honestly? No. No, I don't. I would say it was one of those things like, yeah, we got 38 shots on goal. And this this, this game was the beginning of a two-game, I expect, since I don't know when this podcast comes out, but the Blues are going to play here in a couple hours yeah. for a, a Sunday afternoon game against the Ducks, uh, which I expect to win today. Uh, but the last two games, the trend was – Let's get a ton of shots, but they're all shot right at the logo on the goalie. Like mm-hmm. every single shot on was Stalock in that? Uh, Talbot. Was, Talbot. Talbot. Talbot was. Cam Talbot's in that. And everybody's like, oh my God, look how great he's playing. No, he's not. You gave no. you gave a goalie. This this is what reminds me of the old Hitchcock era where we would make a goalie, a subpar really goalie, good. look really, really good because we're not taking great chances. Or like we're not taking advantage of our great chances. Yeah, by so shooting it at the logo. Yeah, so this well, is the first I, game. I think the the other part of that is you're not only shooting it at the logo, but you're shooting it from the wing or the blue line. Yeah, all with, from the outside. With with no no, no screen, so it, any NHL goalie could stop that shot or yep. should stop that shot at least. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, and like I said, Talbot just like I said, it was the easiest thirty-seven save shutout he's probably ever had. Oh, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember too many da- high danger chances or chances within maybe six to ten feet of the net. Nope. The, the, nope. In the Blues, uh, the according to the fancy stats, uh, if you play that game one hundred times, the Blues would have won that game sixty six percent of the time. I think that's high. That's according to the fancy stats. That's what I pulled up. So that game and also the next game, which we're going to talk about, where the Blues uh, lost to Anaheim four to four to one, two empty net goals, so we can discount the score on that. Right. Yeah. But um. Uh, we talked about – Bon, I'll get your quick opinion on this since we kind of talked about last podcast. So the Blues obviously signed Jordan Bennington to a six-year, $36 million deal. Yep. Me and Chris were fans of the deal, and we thought we finally have a goal, and people were complaining about it. And obviously, maybe Bennington has been the greatest this year, but still I think it's good to have a pretty decent goalie for the next six years. So what do you think about uh, the Blues signing Bennington to six year, the six-year deal and how he's playing? I think it's a no-brainer. I love it. We, uh, especially as Blues fans, like we've been so fickle on, uh, you know, goalies in our history. Like no mm-hmm. one's been happy since Grant Fuhrer. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that, I always said that was famously like we haven't had a starter. We haven't had a genuine starter since Grant Fuhrer. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We had the Moose did unreal for us, but he wasn't expected to be a starter. We had a two goalies at all times. And uh, I don't know, like even with, Allen, we didn't really we named him our starter but we were kind of like i don't know but bennington to me is a legit starter and we're not overpaying him like that's i agree i mean going going rate at best i mean mark signed a similar deal and he's actually older too so yeah mark from and hellbuck i think in winnipeg also uh i think he's actually getting more than what bennington is now hellbuck has a vesna under his belt but that's because he had the most yeah. A million percent. Yeah. Uh, to me, I loved it. I love the deal. It 
we're that's one less thing we have to worry about in our for the next few years. Yeah. So I don't what, know. That's a no brainer to me. Yeah. What Jason and I talked about last podcast was um, the revolving door that has been goalie since Grant Fear. And on top of that, it's not like the Blues have been afraid to, to throw money at that position. Agreed. I mean, you look right. at all of the high profile names that have been in net for the Blues since Grant Fear. Whether you're talking about when they spent money to go out and get Yara Halak, Ryan yep. Miller, Chris Mason was a was a high sought after free agent. Yeah. I mean, Chris Osgood. Osgood Legacy. Yeah. yeah. Like, Conklin. Martin Brodeur. Yeah. You know, it, actually, I did find another one. We were talking about it after the podcast, Chris. Do you know the Blues actually had an agreement in place before he signed with Detroit? They were going to sign Dominic Hashik. Were they really? And apparently oh. had a, apparently had it like. In like the rumor was they had it uh, like uh, basically a verbal agreement. What year would have this have been? Uh, I believe the first time he signed Detroit. I don't have it in front of me, but I was looking up after oh, talking about that. Yeah, well, a little bit like late. I would say yeah, like, early two thousands. Yeah, yeah been like two thousand or when Holland, when they had like Hall and Shanahan and stuff like that. So those years. I mean that look it, it, again. It's it's not like the Blues have been shy about spending money because that's right. always been the hole with these teams. Yep, has been goalie. So, you know, again, not to beat the dead horse that we talked about last time and, and Bond just said it, but, like, you just locked up your Stanley Cup winning goalie for six years at fair market value. He, he could have easily asked for more and yep. honestly probably gotten it on the free market. But the people who are upset with this deal are just the Blues fans who have to be angry at something. Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's we, our nature. We. Sometimes we forget that we won a couple a couple years ago. We 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 skip over like a two year span. Like even people that bring up last year, like we were unreal last West. year. Yeah, we were cruising. We we, yeah. we un, unpopular opinion probably in the national scheme, but I think we easily would have made it back to the Stanley Cup final. A hundred without 100%. without that break in play. 100%. Without that, without the COVID stoppage, a million like a million percent. I believe yeah, that we that would've. team was cruising. Yeah. And then I, I don't know any of this. I've never read anything or anything, but my suspicions are, I mean, we know players had COVID. Yeah. I think it has affected them. I do and too. Then, and then obviously this year. This year's a crapshoot. I, I mean, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because it, it's scheduling and everything else, like good teams are going to be out of the playoffs. Bad teams are going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's an interesting thing. Cause like the couple of the rumors, not rumors, but some of the blogs I read, some of the national guys, they talked to a couple of GMs and some GMs legit were just like, Oh, I'm not spending at the deadline because I'm really don't count this year. Yeah. Because yeah. this year's just been so like crazy. It's like, I'm just kind of looking forward to next year, reload at the draft and be ready to go. Cause I have a flat cap to work with next year. So I'm just kind of let this year play I mean, out and go from there. If but, I'm a GM and I legitimately think that my team is like one guy away from yeah. a real cup run, then I make the move. But if I'm yeah. a GM and I'm like, my team's okay, I could make some moves, but maybe that gets me into the second or third round instead of going out in the first. I think I sit tight. But like, yeah. if I'm a, you know, if I'm St. Louis or if I'm a couple of these other teams that I think are real close, like if I'm Minnesota, if I'm basically any of the top six teams in the West, yeah. If, if the move is there to be made, make it. But yeah. other than that, yeah, I agree. This year is so weird. I mean, you look at the standings right now, 
and the Blues and Coyotes are technically tied for four and five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're only eight points away from being in first. Yep. So, I mean, that's how tight it is. And um, all you're playing are – you're only playing your conference, yeah. so – and you're Every right, game's and, a four-point swing. And pretty much after, after, this, after this game today against Anaheim, you're pretty much playing those top three teams the rest of the yeah. way. And you have one yeah. game against Arizona mid – April. The rest yeah. of the time you're playing these top, like you said, a top team. So if you're getting two points every game and, and keeping two points away from them, yeah. like I said, it's it's a four point game every night. Even if you're yep. getting two to one on like a shootout win or overtime sure. win, you're still getting a point at least. So you're, yep. at least you're, as long as you're gaining points the rest of the way, that's the good thing. Like you yeah. said, the Blues and the Coyotes are tied right now. Technically, the Blues are at 16, 13, and five. Good for 37 points. Arizona is 16, 14, and five. So they're just a, we have a game in hand basically at this yeah, point. Yeah, they played one more than us. So as Chris kind of talked about, speaking of moves, you see that transition I just did there. So uh, I know. dang, dude. I know. That's that's you quality right that's there. Years, that's, years of, that's years of uh doing this and had a high quality uh standard I put I put forward. So yeah, man, you should host a podcast. Yeah, it sounds like it. So <laughs> the rumor that came out late the other night. On Twitter, so Adrian Dater, who apparently has blocked us on Twitter, which is great. Uh, so I know I didn't even know that until someone saw I uh, tried looking at it on Twitter. So I want to know what we did to piss off the Colorado Avalanche beat writer. I don't know, you got me. So you probably, you probably said McKinnon wasn't as good as somebody, yeah, and he's like, Block I mean, I know guys. We, we've crapped on Stan Kroenke quite a bit, yeah, but that's that's yeah, about but who it. Hasn't like yeah. exactly they chant Kroenke sucks at the abs games because we have there's so many St. Louis transplants there, yep. yeah, so get over it. So apparently, he said the Avalanche are not in on Taylor Hall, but the Blues are in on Taylor Hall, which was a shock to me for sure, and probably shocked to many Blues fans. A lot of Blues fans were up, up and uh, up in arms last night and very excited about the prospect of getting Taylor Hall, a guy who has pretty much been flirting with the Blues as being acquired for years now, at least what, five years? Yeah, yeah. five or six, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so first started, which we, we talk about in, at length on this podcast, with uh, had an agreement in place for Shattenkirk to go to Edmonton the year Shattenkirk got traded to Washington. So we had him, mm-hmm. but he Shattenkirk would not sign with Edmonton, or at least say he wouldn't sign until after the year, so there'd be no guarantee he'd stick around. Mm-hmm. And I think Hall was signed for another year or two. And so they nixed that deal. And then Chad and Kirk, which we talked about Jonathan Drouin as well, was the other deal that kind of came up but didn't go down. So then they're all the free – then he got sent to – in the offseason, sent to New Jersey, and then Jersey traded him to Phoenix, and then he signed a free agent deal with Buffalo of all places. I uh, I don't get that. I, I will never understand that. A guy who said he won to reach the playoffs, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, and then he signed I, with Buffalo. Well, I think that – he had the confidence of uh, Eric Stahl and Jack Eichel going, Hey man, like Jack Eichel can set me up all these goals. I'll get myself a big old payday. That's what I would, that's what I thought he was going for. I'm I'm sure it was. And then you fast forward to this week where Jack Eichel, Taylor Hall and Jeff Skinner had the combined six goals on the year. And Jack Eichel is out for the foreseeable future, and yep. Jeff Skinner can't get out of the press box. Oh, it seems like. Man. Jason, do you wanna you wanna repeat your story of uh, the uh, beat writer in Buffalo asking Taylor Hall uh, oh. if he would entertain? Uh, I read that offers? one. 
So it was that right after Eric Stahl got traded to Montreal this week for a third and a fifth and also Buffalo retained that salary. What's going on in Buffalo? I mean, I, I get Eric Stahl is not like, you know, Eric Stahl like five years ago where he's like he's really still, good, player, but still a solid still, player. Eric Stahl is still very solid. Yeah. Very so, solid player. So Eric Stahl had a 10 team, no trade and Montreal was on that 10 team. So basically, and he waved to get out of there. So he's like, I'll go to Montreal. No problem. Send me out of here. So leaves Buffalo. And supposedly uh, during the Zoom after the Buffalo is, mind you, in a tailspin, they're up to 16, as of this recording, they're up to 16-game losing streak. They're 14 and, oh, 14 and two at this point, which is, they're down to their fourth string goalie. Carter Hutton, I think, is hurt. I think they're, yeah, they're just a wreck right now. Michael's out. They traded away their fourth line goalie. Yeah, they traded away their fourth Hansen. Yeah, so they're they're basically they're hurting real bad. So, and then after a Zoom call, I guess the players do Zoom calls after the game. One of the Buffalo Mike Harrington, I believe, was who it was at a, a question. He said, "Would you entertain a deal um, to leave and waive your no? I think he has a no trade clause." And he said, "Yeah, sure. <laughs> so yeah, of course." Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like, do it now. I leave now. Yeah, it's like, it's like, he's like, I have my bags packed. Like, you just got to tell me where I'm going. It's like anywhere but this general area. And so they, he's getting see, shipped out because he's the most valuable commodity right now that you yeah. get. The question, question is, what can he get? Go ahead. Do you think if Buffalo trades Taylor Hall to the St. Louis Blues that the city of Buffalo burns? Could you uh, imagine? Yeah. Depending on what the return is, if it's a pretty crap return. It. Yeah. Yeah. O'Reilly, Ott, and Miller. And then we would get, oh, we had Jordan Leopold from the, and Derek Roy from them as well. The last two. Let's, let's go ahead and say that the Blues acquire Hall. The last three superstars to get traded out of Buffalo will have all gone to the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Yeah. That and was you have that. gotten precisely Dick in return. Now, yeah. come on. They got. Whatever that Tage first Thompson. round pick is, and Tage Thompson, yeah. who is on the first I, line, I mean, they're really, they're so decimated right now. He's been playing on the first line. Is he really? Yeah. Whoa. Uh, I feel bad. Like I don't want to. Like I Crap can't play hockey. Guy. I'm not an athlete. Like I'm not. I'm sitting here and talk shit on all that. Oh, can I say that? Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> but I, I ugh, man, I just feel so bad for him. Like, ugh. But they're they'll turn it around. Like hey, they got a new GM I now. Hope. They I, have I, a, I, I, I spent a lot of time in Buffalo for work, and obviously I'm a Bills fan, so yep. I go to games. And I've gone to Sabres games. There is such a similarity in the makeup of that city that parallels St. Louis. Like the, the, the type of city it is, the type of people, the passionate fan bases. Now, St. Louis was, is lucky enough to have the St. Louis Cardinals, so it seems like win a World Series every four years. Yeah. Yeah. And now we've obviously had a cup. We've won a Super Bowl with the Rams. Buffalo has never won a championship in anything. And they love their Sabres and Bills the same way that St. Louis fans love their Cardinals and Blues. Yeah. And you talk about a fan base that every year it's like, this is the year. This is the year. And they get so close Ugh. And then nothing happens, whichever team it is. Like you look at Buffalo losing four straight Super Bowls and then getting yeah, back yeah. to the AFC championship this year, going up 10 on the Chiefs and just effing collapsing. 
You yeah. know, you look at the Sabres getting to the, the Stanley Cup final and losing it on a questionable in the crease goal. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I feel for that fan base because as Blues fans, we've been there. Mm-hmm. We've had those teams that you're like, this team's great. This team's going to be the one. And then unceremoniously bounced in the first round by the Blackhawks or Kings or yeah. Darks or whoever. Like, I that team, and they make the moves, man. But, like, if I'm a Buffalo Sabres fan and, and my team deals Taylor Hall to the St. Louis Blues, I am marching downtown and I am setting fire to HSBC Arena. I mean, to me, I don't see like from what I've read and I, I don't, I'm not super familiar with this year's draft class, but I don't believe it's very deep. I believe like, we're not next year. The 20, 2022 is supposed to be a lot better. Yeah. So my thoughts are like throw away our first round pick, put some assets together, make an offer. Who would, no one, you, who would you send realistically to Buffalo? I mean, Look, I, I mean, I, I, Mike Hoffman is the obvious, uh, yep. like, you know what I mean? That's the first one that comes to mind because you're offering them a sniper uh, who, my feelings on Hoffman, Mike Hoffman's an elite sniper. He's oh, yeah. unreal. But I don't think, in my feelings, from what I watch, it just, it doesn't seem like he fits our system or maybe not mm-hmm. Ruby's style, which yeah. that's not a slam to him because we've watched his, like, I mean, over the shoulder, over the shoulder, over the snipes him. Like, yeah. I mean, he's so good. I was so pumped when we got him. I thought I the was, Robert Thomas and Mike Hoffman duo was going to be McDavid Dreisaitl. Like, I thought I, it was going to be this we elite. all had hopes for that. Yep. I believe I made that prediction on the last time I was on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I also predicted the Sharks were going to get in the playoffs. So, what the hell do I know? <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Like, I, I would say Hoffman and, I, I mean, I hate – I don't want to get rid of Dunn but it just seems like his name keeps getting thrown around. And I mean, I will say Jake Wallman's impressed the heck out of me with his like puck handling, maybe not his defensive coverage yet, but as we watched in Minnesota, but he's also played. He's also under 10 NHL games total. Yeah. I was going to say, had he even played 10 games yet? Yeah. I think him and Nikola both, I think either one could, could fill in and and become a good replacement. Yeah. And Preko has been skating, which is the good news. So, um, no announcement for today's game, but I know, like he said, he's been skating skating every day. So hopefully, and then the Blues after today's game, we're recording on Sunday the twenty eighth. After today's game, the Blues have a nice break because due to all the games that, like yeah. you know, they were still playing a bunch of games, and with that weird Arizona deal where we played them a bunch of yeah. times in a row, that kind of freed up this week for the Blues. So the Blues after today's game are off till Friday. Wow, so they have a awesome. solid four day like break here till they have to face, uh, I believe. Well, it's a one of three teams are basically playing the rest of the time. It's either Colorado. Game yet? No, Not they yet. haven't yet. And I thought they would throw it in this four day break. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't. Yeah. So we're going to go to Colorado starting this week. So Colorado is Friday and Saturday, both eight o'clock starts. And then the blues have kind of a, you know, a nice solid week at home facing Vegas, Minnesota, and then, kind of mix a car mini and Colorado one game series mixed in kind of quote unquote normal schedule. I kind of think, right. I think this yeah. uh, back-to-back games are two get two out of three day games in a two games and three nights in a one city. I think that's something you're going to see in non COVID times as well. I think yeah. a lot of players have really liked that 
I think it's for travel wise, it's a lot better too. So you're not like hopping on, even though there's, you know, it's a hop, skip and a jump from like Arizona to LA and uh, Anaheim. And then, you know, mm-hmm. up to, uh, you know, if they had to go to Vancouver, they do the Western Canada swing and all that stuff. So, and Seattle now. Yeah, Seattle next yep. year too. So it'll be interesting um, to see what happens. So we'll see what happens with the Blues. The deadline, the deadline is on the 12th. So uh, of April, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I will say that if the Blues do make a trade for Hall, they're going to have to send something of of decent value back. I don't right. think that banana that uh that uh Buffalo is going to fall for the old banana in the tailpipe trick again when it I comes agree. to the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Um, I think you're going to have to send something, be it Hoffman and Dunn, or a, a good draft pick. You know, I know Jason and I off air have talked about maybe putting Zach Sanford in that in that yeah. package. I'm not um, interested in that one. Yeah. But I, again, I, I think that there's going to have to be, you're going to have to give. Yeah. Unlike we, O'Reilly, where you basically dump the garbage on on Buffalo. Yeah. And the same with Philly. We we dumped. Yeah, for know, sure. Yori Laterra. And well, I mean, that being Philly drafted well, I think I, I want to say Joel Farabee was one of those two. Farabee and Morgan Frost and Morgan Frost were the ones. Too, yeah, yeah. I mean, Farabee's been pretty yeah. good. Frost Farabee's okay. fantastic. Frost will get there, I think. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you know, we we're like, hey, we'll do that, but you got to take Shen or I'm sorry, uh, Latera and his big contract. So I want to, yeah, we're like, out. hey, Buffalo, we'll do this, but you got to take Bergwin's contract. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they took. So we'll see what happens with the trade deadline coming up. Everybody keeps saying, oh, if the Blues get healthy, that's like making a trade. But it seems so far, guys coming back hasn't really been the boost you've been hoping for. So I don't know. I think, so we'll, I think uh, Bozak will get – Bozak's going to get back to himself here in a couple of games. Like and Thomas, Thomas will line, you know? Yeah. Thomas will too. I Blatty think Terry Sanko and Schwartz have played great. They're just not finding the back of the net. But I agree. There. Yeah. I think that our overall game has gotten better, like fundamentally – the it's last just that every mistake – yes. yes. I'm, I'm just referring to the last two games because I feel it's like we're getting great. back to it. They're just yeah. not scoring. Yeah. The, the defensive lapses have ended up in our net, which is not always the case. And I think that it hurts extra more because Blues fans are hurting so much because of the Bobby stuff, and you just want something to make you feel better. Like, you know, everybody always refers to the Stan Musial passing away, and then we scored six goals on his day, so everybody's like expecting 5 nothing win, and it's like, well, it's not – that's like, not real life. That's not real life. Yeah. Like what they want is like, you can see the frustration in the players faces, sure. like, at, sure. you know, in the interviews and all that stuff. It's just, Oh man, like we've been dominating for four minutes straight in the ozone. Oh my God. And then all of a sudden, like the puck just goes and bounces and jumps over a stick and then they got to break away and it, it's internet kind of yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Like that's just kind of the annoyances of hockey, but I mean, yeah. I can always tell the pulse of the team when I watch, I always watch Baruby's interviews. I love, I love Bruni mm-hmm. so much. I just love watching, like, whenever he, you can just tell he's pissed because we're yep. playing crappy and he just, one word, even when they win, he's like, nope, playing like crap, blah, 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 this and this. But then these games we lost, you can tell he's just like, I thought we played good. We just yeah. didn't get rewarded. That's hockey. And I love that. Yeah. So I, th- I think they're, they're close. It's just once the, and it's also like, you're not scoring. So then, of course, like, you start thinking about it. And now they're uh-huh. thinking about it. So you're, you know, that extra pressure. So like maybe that grip shot that would come. Yeah. Extra, extra shot thing. that you would, you know, normally it'd be easy goal. And now you like, 
you know, it just bounces off your stick. And now it's like, oh my God, here we go again, which is kind of blues esque. You know, that's we've in the past that, you know, we've always thought about that where it's like, if it's going to go wrong, yeah, if it's going to go wrong, it's going to go, it it, it will happen basically for the blues. And it seems just that's happened these last two games, but I thought they outplayed both uh, Minnesota and Anaheim. The Minnesota game made, made me very, um, not to say like happy, but just like now, like okay, hopeful. we have seven more. Yeah, we have, yeah, hopeful. We have seven more games against these guys. We play like that for most of those games. You're gonna yeah. win a good chunk of those games. I agree, and that's with what that. you need to move forward right now at this point. Because uh, it'd be nice to get out of the four spot because Vegas is on. It's like a train right now. They're playing really well, and it seems like the Blues this year are just not matching up well with them. In the past, they seem to be able to get the overtime wins and the wins in regulation. Yeah. Some reason this year they're just not matching up and just they're steamrolling the Blues right now. Yeah, when I mean we haven't played Colorado in a while either, have we? No, not really. So if, if, if we're getting yeah. steamrolled by Vegas, they've all been one goal games aside from the last one. Last right. two, last two. To I think be honest, yeah, I think I would almost rather play Vegas in the first round than Colorado. The caveat to that is who's in goal for Colorado. You know, that's Rubauer's a team who decent. the rumor has right now is interested in Ryan Miller at the trade deadline. So, you know, Colorado is, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. That's the rumor. Yeah. Uh, yes. To answer um, your question before, him. Bon, we, ha- we have not played Colorado since the first set of the year. Oh, okay. That, that first back to back. Once yeah. we whipped their ass, once they whooped ours. Yeah. Yes. All right. I just like um, the, I, I don't know. I, it's just going to be awesome. I can't wait for, I get excited just for today's game. We're playing Anaheim. I shouldn't yeah. care. But yeah. I just get excited. Well, I, I think the I think you're going to see the team kind of like the 2019, and this is just hard to. Yes. You always go back to that, but you're going to see like it took a while to kind of get things together. Once, once Brube took over, it wasn't when like it, they snapped and they were awesome. If yeah. you remember, it was mid November, and it wasn't really till January, January first couple weeks of January after Bennington kind of took over, where they started like playing very very well. Yeah. So it might take a little bit. So hopefully the problem is you have such a condensed time period now that hopefully it just clicks in sooner. I think that's why it's a little more, you got about 20 ish games left time to, uh, I think every game is going to be a playoff game from here on out for them. Cause yep. it's just, you have you to get it that, that way. way. And yep. they also need to start stringing wins together. We can't do win yeah. one, one, win one, lose one. We got to go. The blues need to go on a, a solid four five game win streak. Yeah, yeah our points. Yeah, getting points at least, and I would say yeah. games. Yeah, if you're gonna lose, losing over time. Yeah, yep. you continuously get points at this at this uh this rate. All right, well we'll wrap it up there for this week. We've been a pretty uh pretty long one here. So uh, if you can hold said. us on, <laughs> if you want to hold us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Chris is at at Hossapalooza. and Bonif, if you want to give yours out. Yeah, I'm at Jay Bonifant. All right. And also at uh, Brooke Royal as well. Oh, yeah. I've been in a band too. Yeah. We'll put that, <laughs> throw that out there. I got you. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, also on uh, Facebook and it, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram, it's uh, Blues Hockey Podcast. And also our website, blueshockeypodcast.net and blueshockeypodcast.com. Uh, you can also find us on the Hockey Podcast Network. There's a bunch of different uh, podcasts on there for many different teams. Go ahead and check them out. Also, Go ahead and start your DraftKings account today as one of our sponsors. Uh, use THPN as your uh, code. Get you started and get started today. We got March, we're middle of March Madness right now. Playoff hockey is uh, going to be kicking up soon. You got NBA playoffs starting soon. So go ahead and start an account and 
get in on that today. So, and we'll wrap it up with uh, talking about our uh, friend, Chef Will Pelly, his place out in Newtown. It's Rockstar Taco Shack. Go ahead and head out to Rockstar Taco Shack. They got daily specials. We just had the one on Thursday. Thursday. Pizza quesadilla. Holy That sounds amazing. So it is great. So they're going to be open. Hungry. Yeah, they're open. Uh, believe uh, was it Monday through Saturday, pretty much. I think so. Weather pending, obviously, with the massive storms the other night, they had to shut it down early. So, but uh, overall, go check them out. And uh, also, which I kind of mentioned before, uh, catch a Brook Royal, and I got their Twitter's at Brook Royal, also on Facebook, Brook Royal, and I'm assuming website brookroyal.com. Uh, you'd be assuming wrong. Uh, I was <laughs> we, close. I don't. I don't think that we have that. I don't even think we have the dot com anymore. I didn't think anyone goes to them anymore. Gotcha. I, I know. It's if we didn't have to host stuff, we probably wouldn't have the website up. So no, but. dude. Hey, yeah. If we played shows, we probably should have a dot com. Yeah. So hopefully, <laughs> everybody's getting uh getting uh, vaccinated. It seems like, and I shows are getting announced a little bit later in the year. I've noticed. I've seen uh the pageants been booking a couple shows. I yeah. saw. I think. I think I saw a couple for. Uh, what's the one? Corey Taylor's doing one at Pops. Yeah, he's I doing think. Pops. Yeah, so I think the shows are starting slowly popping up. So Jason's hopefully, show finally got rescheduled. Yeah, my show got rescheduled, so I'm excited about that. Now my show nice. personally, I'm not doing anything, but the show uh, I want to go to. When is it? What is it? Uh, I just want to go. I I've just been really excited about uh, Run the Jewels and Rage. So. Uh, dude, did it get rescheduled? Yeah, July yeah. 9th. July so. 21st. I got tickets to it. We'll go. I think July 9th. I think you said. I think I looked it up. July 9th. I want to say. It's a uh, Friday. I'm it's pumped. all I cared about. It's, it's a Friday. It's which is the only thing I really cared about. Have they announced that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sick! I'm texting everybody right now. Yeah. So I'll be down for if that holds, and because uh, I've just been holding those tickets ever since uh, last year. So just and waiting. I would go. I would go, but three days later, I'm going to be in Chicago because I have uh, tickets to a rescheduled show at Wrigley Field. Not, who are you going to see? Um, this some little band called Never Guns heard of them. Never heard of them. <laughs> nah, they have a, they have a bright future. <laughs> well, we'll I hope so. <laughs> we'll see if they can pull it together. Hey, if you, <laughs> hey, he is getting his guest starring roles on a uh, Scooby Doo. So I mean, hey, true. blowing That's up. True. I did see that. It's blowing up. As long as so. it doesn't blow up again in his belly, it'll be good. <laughs> yep. That was mean. Sorry, uh, Axel. Oh, uh, it's all good. All right, so we'll wrap it up there. So Bond, thanks for joining us, and thank you for uh, having appreciate me. it. And uh, I guess we'll uh, let's hopefully for a win today and some wins going forward. So we'll talk to you guys later. See ya.